0: To figure out my family, polygonometry, polygonometry, who probably need a PhD, polygonometry, polygonometry, oh, it's the math of my family tree, the math that leads to my pedigree, oh, it's the math of my life, polygonometry, hey!
1: Load your Pepperbox pistols and tuck in your pocket watch, you're listening to Polygonometry. This is an audio thing that you might listen to while you're driving or something. How weird is it that we say um That's not even really a word, it's just su um I don't know. If you are listening, I truly and deeply from the bottom of my heart appreciate it. Like I was looking at my analytics the other day and we got people listening in from New Zealand now. Dude, who am I related to that's in New Zealand? I don't know. Is it Peter Jackson? Is that, is that a good New Zealand accent? <laughs> oh, that's atrocious. Anyway, uh, this episode this week is basically a continuation of last week's episode. What I did with my grandpa, by the way, and I should have told you this last week, but the only question that I asked my grandpa at the start of this, I was like, hey, grandpa, I would like to know how you got into polygamy. And then we had to start from the very, very beginning because that's just how my grandpa works. And you guys are going to hear all of it. You're going to hear him bounce around. You're going to hear him talk about this, talk about that. But... Eventually, by the end of his entire arc, which I don't know how many parts there's going to be. This is part two. There's probably like 12 or so. Um, We'll see. I'm trying to still sift through all the audio. But it's just a continuation on. We're looking through the Navy this week, and it's going to be great. And I really hope that you enjoy the episode that I have, part two of My Mom's Dad. Ligonometry last we left was you jumping into boot camp.
2: Just got through getting the oral exam.
1: Got the oral exam done you, that you cheated on.
2: on. No, I didn't cheat on You that.
1: didn't cheat on that one? Okay. I might be misremembering.
2: No, no. I uh, there's no, I couldn't cheat if I wanted to on the written exams when I was in boot camp.
1: Okay. Gotcha. No.
2: Well... I cheated on my GED, but we'll get into that (laughs) when we get to that point. My first GED, my second GED, I did. I did two GEDs.
1: Okay. So you get into boot camp, you're...
2: Oh, are we online here? We are. Okay. Okay, so I get into boot camp, I get through boot camp. Mm Mm-hmm. You're a sailor. Yeah, and I get through the final exam because they gave it to me orally. Yep. Okay. So I get my orders, and I'm I'm off to... um, the uh, USS Lincoln County. Yep. Landing ship tank U L S T. And uh, I go aboard, and it's an old Second World War class L S T. Okay. Matter of fact, I saw it in a war game, war movie up here. I was watching the old movies in, of uh, Second World War, and sure enough, there was my there was my ship. The exact ship. Exact same ship. Oh yeah. wow, Lincoln County. There, there it was. Same number. Yep. Anyway, because this was the Second World War, it was, it was an old bucket. I was on that ship, and uh, the interesting thing was that because of the way I got through boot camp, I didn't. Uh, I was told, "Well, you're going to be a swab. You're going to know what a true swab is. A swab is somebody who swabs the deck." Yeah. He said, mob. Can you imagine? No, I, I, I said
1: mop. Oh. I God. said mop because because I'm a polywog.
2: You you are. You know, <laughs> we need to do something about that. So anyway.
1: <laughs> you need to douse me in, in salt uh, water and rub my face on your belly.
2: Yeah. Anyway. So, so <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. I, I come aboard and I told them I wanted to be a gunner's mate. They just. <laughs> They just pacified me and said, "Okay, you can be whatever you want." You know, but I get under and this uh, messenger of the watch takes me down to get get me a bunk, and we're walking through and and uh, they had in the tile they had whatever. In in the navy, you would have like it would be kind of a quill feather for a yeoman, uh, sparks for a radio man. A okay. uh, gunner's mate had crossed cannons. boats boatswain mate had crossed anchors. So I told him, I want to be gunner's mate. more. Well, I'm going to shoot them big guns. I want them cross cannons. Oh, yeah, I want those cross cannons. So we're walking through, and I'm standing. You had an upper deck, and you had a lower deck. Yep. And I'm on the mid deck, and uh, here's these cannons. We're walking through, and I'm looking over to the next department, and you had things that kind of... Oval like this, and I could see through and it was cross cannons. And he says, "Your, your bunk is here, and you're going to be up in the top corner there." And everybody was on liberty because they just come back from, Westpac from Japan. Okay. And I looked through this hole and I see the cross cannons. I said, "No, no, don't I believe belong over here?" McGunner's gunner's mate. <laughs> he, just seaman. He was a seaman. He was at a watch, uh, messenger of the watch, and he looks at me and he says. Uh, You want to let her in? Oh, yeah. And uh, he looks at me and says, no, no, no. (laughs) You're just a good old swabby. Swabby. Just like me. He Uh, Yeah. You and I are both swabbies. Swabby. You know. Yeah. Well, I get up on the top. I get there, and I'm looking around, and I'm getting settled in. Of course, I'm nervous. I'm on the ship, you know. And I, next morning... All of a sudden there's a speaker right next to my bed and all of a sudden Revely, Revelly, screaming in my ear. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Sweepers, sweepers, man your broom. Give it a clean sweep down forward and aft, empty all trash at the fantail. They had a big garbage deal you didn't over the fantail, it was just right at the fantail and they had to dump it out later. Yep. And you uh, know. Smoking lamp is lit in all birthing areas. And then, uh, and then it was time to go up, and you had to mop the whole deck, the whole deck. So how yeah. how big is
1: the deck on the ship or the? Oh, the I,
2: I could get to I could you could look up the facts of an LST. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, World War II class LST, and it'll tell you how long they are and what the breadth is. I think it's fifty feet across and hundred and some feet. But it's just the main deck. Well, you, now you swabbed everything, and then you had to swab down all the compartments, and you had to do all that before you had breakfast.
1: So how early would you wake up every morning?
2: Oh, they got us going early. I think it was around 6 o'clock.
1: Okay. And you had to have that before you ate? Yeah. How long would it take you
2: for—how how long would that take? F- it depends on how many. If, if you've got a full crew, you're going to get through it fairly quick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How, so how many men were on one crew? Oh, I don't. To swab.
2: Know. Oh, I don't know. might be twelve of us up there on the deck swabbing. Yeah, the main deck, and you go through. We had it right down. We knew what as the the grunts like me would have to get the pails in the water and yeah, you know, and then you you dump it in and you get squeegee and you squeegee it out and then you you slop it and <laughs> you know, swab the deck.
1: Swab the deck.
2: You're a good swabby.
1: That's ins- the, okay. So you had so you said twelve folks. I think it was around twelve, right 12. around twelve. Okay, I'm trying to find the dimensions of a World War II class LST um, deck size. Okay, so general general characteristics is 347 feet yeah. long and 55 okay, that's feet right. wide.
0: So, yeah. So
2: 340
1: 347 times 55. That gives us the square footage roughly.
2: But then you got then you got the pokele and you got every you got the fantail, and then you got the bridge and oh one yeah 3 decks.
1: So you're dealing with you know give or take roughly 19 thousand square feet to, to mop before breakfast yeah. <laughs> That's an insane amount of
2: square footage of steel to mop. That's ridiculous. Nothing ridiculous about it you did it every morning <laughs> every morning before breakfast you know, swap that deck.
1: Wow. Did you have to swab it multiple times a day?
2: Uh, mainly, it, it all depends. Now, they might call you up and you to do a partial swab or something, depending. On
1: oh, which you planes know. landed or anything like that?
2: Planes don't land on an LST. Or an LST, okay. No, tanks and... Okay, so, and so
1: you're seeing my, my general lack of military
2: knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could do something about that. You
1: know, you know I, could, I can jump in and get a free pot of coffee.
2: There you go. <laughs> so anyway, so I had that, and then and then it was. Uh, I remember when when everybody started getting back off on leave and everything, and they gave me a, a foxtail and a dustpan, and uh, and they said, "Here's the chief boatswain." And, oh, uh, oh, what again? Sorry, say that again. The chief boatswain. Okay. Okay. And Shirtlift was his name. He was the chief boatswain, the chief. Yet, the the thing, the per, the most important person for a deckhand on the ship was the boatswain, the chief boatswain. Okay. Oh yeah, you you feared him more than you did the captain. Yeah. Okay.
1: So why was that exactly? Because he was your immediate superior, and he was the one who enacted the discipline. Or
2: my immediate superior was whoever whoever was a more time same rank been in a week longer than you you're my superior I was uh, (laughs) (laughs) was, it's interesting that that's the way the the military works
1: almost exclusively on seniority oh yeah Yeah, Yeah. and there's
2: a good reason for it
1: so what is that reason exactly
2: well if you're out in the field it's just like uh, you ever watch Band of Brothers yeah yeah there's this guy you know hits Normandy and the next thing you know he's a private and he's in charge yeah yeah, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's there's a good reason for it, and and you learn in boot camp and everything, and and so you are very respectful of that. So anyway, they hand me a foxtail. Foxtail tail was what you call a swish broom that you yeah yeah get the dust off the floor into the dustpan. Mm-hmm. And they said we want you to follow this button around. And uh, he is so salty that you got to sweep up the salt behind him. <laughs> That's how salty he is. And I says, "Kind of what? Pick up? You got to sweep up all the salt that falls off of him." I th- I could not believe what I was being told. <laughs> I had to do. And and this was, I think, a third class that was telling me to do that.
1: Third class meaning what exactly?
2: third-class boatswain that's an E4. Okay. Okay. He's got his crow. Okay. He's the first rank in his crow. Okay. And so. He's a corporal. Okay. Yeah. So so this third-class boatswain tells me to hand me in. And he says, you follow the chief. No, it's Chief Barnett. And it's Shirley Barnett. Chief Barnett was the senior chief. And so here I am walking around behind him, and he had shrubbed his shoulders. Just while he was walking, shrubbed his shoulders, and I wouldn't do anything. And he said, hey. So we, you know, recruit. Hey, boot! Or they call you a boot.
1: They called you a boot.
2: Yeah, because you're just fresh out of boot camp. Mm-hmm. So You're still a boot. You're still a boot. Hey, boot! You just shook off some salt. You better sweep it up. Oh, what do you mean? Well, every time the chief would shrug his shoulders like that, that means he was dumping <laughs> the salt. He's so salty. That's he had so much salt. Was on him.
1: he was he literally dropping salt off? No, of his no, shoulders? no, okay.
2: no. But he's a salty old guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. he's been at sea for a long time. I mean, <laughs> this is a World War II veteran. Yeah, Barnett yeah. was. He 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 came in towards the end of the Second World War. Okay, you know, this guy's been around a bit, and and he was somebody you did not want to mess with.
1: Yeah, you know, there was, he's there seen was, some shit.
2: Oh, well, he's seen a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had a few ships blown out from under him and everything else. Holy shit, okay. So, so, so every time he had his shoulders, I'd have to pretend like I was up his salt. <laughs>
1: sweeping up the yeah, salt that so was coming off him because he was so
2: day, <laughs> I got through the day on that. He was
1: so salty.
2: And so the next day I'm up there and I'm working. <laughs> and I says, the uh, the two senior chiefs on an LST that I was aware of was, and anything 01 up. The okay. quartermaster, chief quartermaster. Okay. And uh, and so they said, uh, Boot, Boot Williams, he says, uh, run and get some uh, relative bearing grease for the chief quartermaster now. Relative bearing grease.
1: Relative bearing grease.
2: Relative bearing grease. Get it up to the bridge. They need it right now. We're out at sea. They're pitching and rolling, and we're on just, we're, we're not, it's not that we're going any particular place, you know, we're just on maneuvers out there, just practicing maneuvers, checking whatever. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I go down to the boats and locker, and there's generally somebody out there, they're down there, they're making fenders, or we used to make all of our own fenders out of, out of line, that was before they used tires and the. Okay. Plastic balloons and stuff, and all of the fenders in the Navy were made out of uh, line. Matter of fact, when he gave me the first tour Coronado, I, I thought the Navy had gone to hell because it didn't have <laughs> fenders made properly. Anyway, <laughs> I go down there, and you got the people making the fenders, and I says, I need some relative bearing grease. Oh, yeah. Go up the fan, the paint locker. That's where it's at. Okay, I run up to the. And I go to the paint locker, and here's a guy in there cleaning brushes and everything, and he's a guy about my rank, but he's just been in a long longer. Yeah, so he says I need quartermaster needs some relative bearing grease, and he says he needs it right now. And I says, and he says, oh, I'm sorry, that that case of relative bearing grease is still in the yeoman's office. The yeoman's office. The o yeoman. om,
1: the yeoman's office. Yeoman. Yeomans. Okay. okay.
2: The yeoman is clerical. Okay. They're the ones that type up your memos and things like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What in the hell is you, relative bearing grease doing in the yeoman's office? Next thing I know, they're sending me to the cook. And the cook's sending me here, and I have all over the place trying to get some relative bearing grease. <laughs> so, so
1: I'm assuming that the relative bearing grease didn't exist,
2: and they just wanted to send you on a wild goose chase across the entire okay, ship. Okay, when you become a helmsman, it's a relative bearing is. Or relative bearing, you got your bearing, your degree that you, uh, you know, uh you're going north by west at bearing whatever it is, sure, and <laughs> yeah. keep it relative to that because you're yeah. you're rolling in the seas, you know. So it's a relative bearing, uh, two eight zero, you yeah. know, yeah. Et, cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And it's a, and a navigation. When you're a helmsman, you're dealing that. Well, the quartermaster was the quartermaster was generally always up on the bridge. There was always mm-hmm. quartermaster on your bridge, and so I had to get. And the, and the chief quartermaster was in charge of the bridge, where the chief boatswain was everything down on the deck. Once he got up in the old ones and whatnot, you're answering now to the chief quartermaster.
1: That's like going up to someone and saying, hey, yeah, my car is out of blinker
2: fluid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> got it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need the blinker fluid. But, <laughs> That's you know, amazing. It, you know, so, so after I got through all that, finally I got, you know, you and got then, aware and then, then pretty soon when a boot would come on i would do the same thing to them yeah. a couple years like a year or so later yeah
1: know? so uh, yeah a time honored tradition yeah of so making you, the boots just yeah, do so whatever you, the hell yeah, it just to yeah, be occupied yeah so you got
2: the boots and everybody's now now you can go ahead and you can uh, you can dab this thing out if you want to so we we're, we're going out to sea okay and we're going to be out at sea on maneuvers for about a month
1: okay and what do you mean by maneuvers?
2: Um, w- okay, for one thing, if you're coming out of dry dock, okay, you're in dry dock and you're getting repairs done for this or that. We were, happy, they had just got back from Westpac and they had had some repairs or updates on this or that on the ship, and so we're sure. going out. So I, ha- I've been in for about a month. Okay. And we're going to go out on maneuvers. Everybody's back off leave, and we're going to go out and get everybody and have practice, general quarters, and a few things like that. So drills and, drills. and that kind of but thing. But we're not going to be in for two three weeks. So you're going to be out. And uh, so they come to me and said, Boot, you're a yeah." Before you can be properly graduated from boot, you got to you're on sea pussy duty. Sea pussy. Sea <laughs> pussy duty. Yeah, you're on sea pussy duty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the hell is sea pussy duty? I can't All believe right. you went there. You. All right. Now, you have to understand that they did, they did not have females aboard <laughs> ship at that time. Yeah, okay. okay. So okay. I'm, I'm putting this. You can cut out whatever you want.
1: All right, I'm keeping this in here, <laughs> by the way. So this is, on sea pussy. is gold. This is so gold. are on sea
2: pussy duty. Uh, oh, what in the hell is sea pussy duty? So here, so we're out there, and we're out there about a week, and, and there's this one, third class, I think his name was, I, can, I can't remember his name, but Tough tough guy yeah and uh and he's really a nice guy i i liked him okay and everything and he was he was very good to me and uh later on he got very mad at me because he thought i purposely flunked my semen uh test and he considered me the best deckhand he had you know he liked me yeah yeah and so he comes up to me and he says okay And it's at night. And we'd be playing cards. We didn't have television and stuff like that on board. Okay. So you'd be playing cards. You'd be gambling or throwing dice and stuff like that. Doing
1: whatever to pass the time. Whatever.
2: And you're generally, and if it's hot in Southern California and everything like that, we'd run around in our our skivvies. Yeah. And whatnot, you know. Well, it's about that time he comes up and he's looking at me. He says, okay, who's the pussy duty? And everybody points at me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he looks at me, he starts coming over, and he's got his eyes, and he's looking at me. So, and I'm I'm on the edge of my bunk, and I and it was on the bottom bunk. I don't know whose bunk it was, but I'm scooting back, and he's coming, and he's going, you're my sea pussy. I'm getting my sea pussy right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, this guy's gay. He's got a queer, and he's coming after me. Oh, my gosh. Now I know what the sea pussy is. I'm, oh, <laughs> he's no. horny, and, he, and he's going to take it out on me. And I'm going... I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to, you know, hey, wait a minute, I boxed some before I came into the Navy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I did a little I did a couple of smokers in boot camp. I mean, uh, <laughs> we're gonna be punching this out. And, and everybody starts laughing. <laughs> everybody starts laughing. Yeah. And I found out. So I went through I went through uh sweeping up the the salt from the from the salty boats into getting relative bearing grease, a few other things. To sea pussy. To
1: sea pussy. So sea pussy was basically just a, a ruse. It's kind of a hazing. A hazing thing. They did it. They oh,
2: my God. They wouldn't do that today. No, no, I would, I would and then not. And then there's a couple other things that was kind of, that I found that was comical. And, and I'll go ahead and put it out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, when you're in boot camp, you had to tie a different knot and put it at the end of your bunk okay and then they said once you get out you're going to be having to go and you're going to have to learn how to do a long splice a short splice and an ice splice
1: long spice uh,
2: short splice The line and you're going to have to do a back splice so you get a ice piece splice. of line okay and okay. a line splice is the loop at the end and you and you have to learn these these yeah how to do these so there's this other seaman his name's glenn paxman he was from uh he was from spanish fork utah Oh, okay. <laughs> Jack Mormon. He, he told me, I'm a Jack Mormon. I didn't, know what, I didn't even know what a Mormon was. We, we've become pretty good friends. And he came on the ship a couple of weeks, either before or after me, I forget. Okay. Had to go through the, we were pretty close to getting the same aging. Gotcha. So here we are, we're learning to do life sp- um, line splicing. Yeah. And there's this third class that is teaching us. And okay. he'd say, now here's how you do it, and you do it. And he'd come back and inspect it. And then if it was wrong... He'd make us tear it all apart and we'd have to do it over again. So man, I got the I got the short splice down, I got the long splice down, I was getting the back splice, but I was having trouble. Both of us were having problems getting <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> both of us were having we're both seventeen years old. She's already heard this story, so she can, <laughs> uh, We're both seventeen years old, okay? Yeah. Wet nose first time away from home. He says, uh, you did this wrong. He said, now redo it. And this and is this is the eye splice. This is an eye splice. And he says, until I see the pussy, I'm not going to pass this. <laughs> so so it's just, just
1: really quick, I don't mean to interrupt, but with some context, an eye splice is basically you loop the tip of the rope around and, and you create – a lowercase yeah. Letter you I. gotta
2: splice it back in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so this third class. Now you have to understand. This is 1960. We're both <laughs> 17 years old. Yeah. We're both virgins. Yeah. You know, it wasn't not unusual to be a virgin at 17. Then. Sure. Today, of course. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> we're looking at each other. So we redo it. The third class comes back. Barnes is his name. Comes back. He looks at it. He says, "I don't see my pussy here." <laughs> and he throws it back at us. <laughs> so when he. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> we're looking at each other. And I don't know who said it first. I, I still crack up <laughs> over this. I remember it so well. I think it was Glenn that he looks at me and he says, he says, listen, he says, I'm going to get Liberty And he says, I'm going to have to get a girl. I'm going to have to. I gotta find out what a pussy looks like. <laughs> I don't know what a pussy looks like. When I get a girl and everything, I am gonna stare at that pussy so I know what it looks like. So we can tie ropes better. <laughs> so, I, so I can splice this line. You never say rope, it's a line. Oh, sorry. I remember. He and I, and we're, we, we couldn't get it. We're trying to figure out what a pussy looks like because that third guy kept coming back. Said, I don't see my pussy. You <laughs> throw it back down. Now, if you look at an ice splice, if you really look closely at an ice splice and I did it with nora, I, as a matter of fact, I said it to all my wives once i was married, <laughs> i'd tell this story that's so. a nice ice splice, <laughs> you got a real
1: nice line,
2: <laughs> and then once you got it, once you get it right, you understand what that third class was talking about yeah now that's uh, so when they sat there and said that. So when I had one of my sons sit there and says Trump would never qualify for president because of of his gutter talk, I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, you should have been where I was at.
0: <laughs>
2: wow. Anyway anyway, yeah, that uh you won't see that in the Navy today. So anyway, I go through and uh I end up in uh uh, they decommissioned the Lincoln County, and I get orders for the Vernon County, and the Vernon County is in um, is in uh, homeported in Yokosuka, Japan.
1: Okay, so is this the same
2: class of ship? Same class of ship, only this one came out during the Korean War. Okay, so it's not World War II class; it's Korean no, War it's class. No, it's Korean War class okay. ship. And they eventually did away with that when the LSD came on board, and they started getting the bigger Mike boats and more sophisticated.
1: And not, not the acid. But it's the
2: LSD is landing ship dock. Yeah. He was on something that was similar to that. David <laughs> <Yeah. was. laughs> on, so, on LSD. He was saying I was on LSD, huh? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Landing ship dock, LSD. Yeah, there
1: you go. Anyway, it was the 60s, it's yes. fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I get over there, and uh, I loved it. I uh, fell in love with Japan.
1: How long were you in Japan?
2: I was in Japan for two years. I got, well, I don't know. I was, I got over there. My grandpa, while I was on leave, my grandpa died. Okay. While I was on leave, and I had orders to go. And, and this
1: uh, is your mom's husband, He, your step-grandfather? My step-grandfather. Okay, gotcha.
2: And uh, to this day, I'm, I'm kind of sad about it because I went up to see him. Yeah. I only, I had, I think I had... Uh, I think I had two, three weeks leave before... And I had two weeks leave, and I got an extension because he died. Okay. And I called in, and they gave me an extension of another week mm-hmm. before I get shipped out overseas. So so I'm on leave in uh, Klamath Falls, Oregon. But, and then I get a Greyhound, and I, and I go up to... Or somebody drove up. Anyway, I go up to Pernonia, Oregon, and I'm with my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And then my grandpa says, I'm getting ready to head back to Klamath Falls and spend the last week or so in Klamath Falls before I ship out. Yeah. There's this little girl called named Kathy Moore that lived across the street from where we were and Mm I kind of had my eye on her, and she had winked at me a few times. So I figured, you know, I got some game there. on. Yeah, well, yeah, game on. We're <laughs> that ice splice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she,
1: she was winking her ice splice at you.
2: No, no I didn't. It wasn't going to go there, and I wasn't at that. I wasn't at that point. This is nineteen. This is nineteen sixty still. Okay. We're coming in. No, this is nineteen sixty one. Okay. So I get a notice. My grandpa died. Okay. Well, just before, just before I left to go back down to Klamath, pa- Klamath Falls, my grandpa pulls up with grandma and says, I want you to go fishing with me tomorrow, so do you have to leave now? Let's go fishing, because I'm not going to see you for a couple of years until you get back. You'll probably be able, because my ship was home ported in Japan, which means you'll probably be there until your list up. Yeah. Uh, close to three years away. Yeah. He says, we're not going to see you. Let's, you and I go fishing. My grandpa would love to fish. And I kept thinking, oh, Kathy. No, Grandpa, I'm sorry.
1: So you turned your Grandpa down for a fishing trip?
2: I No, I turned Grandpa's fishing trip down. Down for? Kathy
1: Moore, who uh, lived across the street. The, the one who was winking her eye
2: splice at you. She was <laughs> winking. Son, grandson, now listen. <laughs> Wasn't thinking of that at that time. Okay, that was tri- typical <laughs> language that was... That was sailor language that was used to learn how... That's how they taught us. You know, That's how you're taught. All right. Anyway, so...
1: so uh, I'm going to use that now for, like, <laughs> everything, by the way. Anytime I'm talking about women's genitalia, I'm going to say her eye splice. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway.
2: <laughs> okay. So, I'm not back, and... I just get back, and the next day, I get a phone call, and Grandpa died. Yeah. And now uh, he told me when I was a boy, he says, if I die, son, he says, I want to die with a fish on the end of my line. And he died with this big king salmon on the end of his line, fishing on the ground
1: Wow. River so Tom he died. actually, he, he truly passed away with a fish at the end of his line.
2: He sure did. And he, uh, wow. he had a heart problem, and he was taking these nitrogen pills, which was popular at that time I guess. Mm -hmm. Started getting a chest pain. I I heard this from the person that went fishing with him and said, Ed you need to take a pill. He says, hell the damn pill. I'm going to end this and fell over dead. Fish was still on the line. Guy picked the line up and got the fish in and Grandpa was dead. Wow. So I went back up. I got an extension. I went back up on my leave and went back up and and, uh, he was buried. Yeah. And then uh I headed for uh knowing how to do an ice place, Very good at it. <laughs> and still a virgin. <laughs> there you go. And and I headed for uh headed for Japan and picked up my ship in the Philippines and uh and there I was and I made semen and I first time I took the semen exam and this was Hutchinson's got um, a guy by the name of Hutchins, who's the third class, got transferred with us. Okay, and I think he was second class by then, and um, so we still ended up on the same ship. This was the guy that had, was going to have me for sea pussy. <laughs> 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 he would tease me about it here up till we got out. You yeah, know. of course, the, of course. It was the hazing that you went through. Yeah, so <clears throat> he administered the semen exams to us. Okay. And I flunked, and we'd been out at Liberty the night before, and I flunked my team's exam. So
1: you were out Liberty the night before, meaning you were off deck?
2: Yeah, I was on Liberty. I was out, okay. you know. We were in uh, we're in Olongapo, Philippines at that time.
1: Olongapo?
2: Olongapo. Olongapo. Yeah, that was uh, near we Shit River, Olongapo.
1: Okay. I want to know where that's at. I'm going to look it up really quick. Olongapo,
2: O-long. Philippines. Anyway. Olangapo. Olangapo is a sailor's uh, heaven. It's Sailor's basically heaven. You, you, you cross the bridge from the base across the shit river, and you've got a full mile with nothing but bars on both sides. Oh,
1: my God. <coughs> well, yeah. they have a place called the Inflatable Island
2: there now. Well, anyway, so... So uh, it's fun. I'm in I'm in Olongapo, where we would go. A lot of times we'd leave Yokohama, we'd go to Sasebo, we'd go down to Okinawa, and then from Okinawa we'd head down to the Philippines. And Olongapo was one of the ports. Well, we were in Olongapo, and they were giving out the seaman exams, and I flunked it. And Hutchins come up to me, and he was mad. He says, "You're my best seaman I got on the deck." Yeah. He says, "You can you can splice a line that quick." you know and you're really knots. good at sea pussy you can't get that out of your head can you grandson <laughs>
1: it's just i i i cope th-
2: i cope through humor. your mom's gonna
1: gonna take you to she's t- she's t- gonna listen to this and she's gonna be like yep that's my boy
2: <laughs> anyway yeah but you, you you can get it off your mind a little bit here now. it's fine <laughs> okay. no
1: you're saying semen a lot and i'm like trying to hold back
2: actually Nor you have my permission to <laughs> honk him one here. <laughs> so okay.
1: <laughs> So you're in a Olongapo. You know
2: something? You, you have a couple uncles that think that uh, Trump was really horrible in his uh, <laughs> gutter talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Navy right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, yeah, well, I thought I thought your uncles should have gone into the Navy for a while before they decided to make those kind of comments concerning you're, our president. You're talking about being in a Olongapo City where it's just wall-to-wall bars and the bars have bar girls in them, and you're talking about failing your semen exam. Yeah, I mean, well, flunked, just, which sounds like yeah, fucked, it's, it's but just, yeah. It's just too perfect not to laugh. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm, so anyway. I'm holding back. <clears throat> okay.
1: You don't have to hold back, by the way. Just, yeah. You just so, go for it.
2: So anyway, he's really upset with me. He just chews me out. Okay. So I I told him, I says, I can't, the booklet that you gave me, yeah. in order to study for it, I can't read it. He says, you can't read it? I said, I can't read it. And I, and I told him what how I got through boot camp. So the next thing I know, I am called in, and I'm talking to another, I'm talking to the exec, which was, uh, I think he was an AG. Might have been a full lieutenant, executive officer. And he's questioning me. And so they had me take my Siemens exam. Uh, orally. pass it. Well, there you go. Well, we, about two months later after that, we're back in Yakuska, and I think the exec got transferred or something. Anyway, we get a new exec, and we get a, and we got the, the one of the officers, I forget. He was an engineer, or, or AG. Uh, he comes up to me, and he says... Uh, you don't have a high school diploma. I says no. He says, would you like to take an exam for your GED? Well, I said, what's a GED? explains to me, kind an of equivalent. Boy, I said, well, sure. He says, okay, i are going to be given the exams, and you're going to show up here. And I'm thinking, boy, I can get out of work for four days, and it's a series of four days.
1: Yeah. Is that like a, a... It was
2: on base in New
1: Okay, so it's on base, and you're doing basically four days of just studying time and then no, taking the exam, no, or no, is it...
2: No, no studying and you just fly right into the exam.
1: And the exam took four days?
2: They gave you parts of it. You oh, did, oh, okay, you gotcha, gotcha. And then you go back, and you come back, and you do the okay. next part or something like that. Yeah, so you're basically... You're, I think we did some, might have done some studying before. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Is it 48 years ago? hmm Well, when it comes time to take the exam... The AG put us around. It was a round table, big round table, and there was four or five of us. Okay. <laughs> he walks out and says, I'll be back in an hour to collect the exam. Well, we're all looking at each other. And I says, I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one here. Who's the smartest guy going to block here? I mean, you know, Yeah. who's the smartest guy here? Well, I don't know. Well, it isn't me. So we all decide who's the smartest and we copied off of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How'd it go? Did you did you pass?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I got a great score. <laughs> yeah, I did. Got a great score. <laughs> yeah. Passed my GED, they had a big ceremony and I come up and shook the captain's hand and yeah. my, all this stuff and handed me this thing and I'm looking at it and file it away, and they gave me a certified copy, and certified to be a true copy, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I file it away. Never look at it again. Never used it. Yeah. To the Secret Service.
1: Okay. Is that okay. where you want to go next?
2: Uh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, I got to tell you about a couple of my liberties. I All right. People, my grandchildren, they would sit there and say, you're a Vietnam vet. Tell us about the action you had. I never had any action except keeping away from the shore patrol or something like that. I I was kind of a, I had a little wild hair in me. Yeah. You know? I think that's uh,
1: transcendent with most of your grandkids and children, by the way.
2: And I was boxing on a few smokers in between the um, ships, you know? Yeah. And they were just smokers. Yeah. They would organize and and I was winning. Yeah. I mean, I, not knocking out, it was just punch, punch, punch. We had all the, and then they had, because you're on ship and they didn't want anybody seriously getting hurt, they had all the headgear and everything else. It was more yeah. sparring than it was an actual boxing match. Sure. It wasn't until I got back to the States and I went on the actual Navy boxing team there out of San Diego that uh, oh okay I got back into boxing. Anyway, <clears throat> so we pull into Shimazu, Japan. Shimazu. Shimazu. There's two, there's two labor. Now, now before Shimazu, we were on what we call, we went on an operation, and I do not have the name of it here, but we ended up taking, uh, we were supposed to be on a goodwill mission to Bangkok, Thailand, and we're taken in, and we had, uh, Marine recon, uh, recon on board. Okay. And, and I end up, uh, with what I realized was was hot ammo.
1: So you had live ammo on we you? We had
2: live, live ammo on board. And I thought, wait a minute, we're supposed to be on this Goodwill tour. And I suddenly we suddenly realized that we were being, and we're just by ourselves, and we're headed to Bangkok. And the captain didn't tell us we were going to Bangkok until about two days before we ended up in Bangkok or a day or so. Mm-hmm. Been out of sea for a while. We got this Russian... Uh, a destroyer flanking us, and he'd be either off of our uh, starboard fantail or off of our port fantail. Yeah. And you'd be back and forth. And so we'd go back there, and we knew he was there. And
1: this, this Russian boat is following you guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's flagging his hand. Sometimes they would just steam up real close. I mean, we could see him right up on the bridge, and they'd back off.
1: So, So, how, so you were able uh, to see Russian sailors. On the deck of their respective ship. That's from, how close they came in. That's how close they came in. Yeah.
2: And so that's, that's in, like. And then they'd back off.
1: That's like deck to deck almost if you're well, seeing.
2: Well, no, not deck to deck, but enough to where it was, you know. You could see them. But I'm just. Wow. A, I'm just a. I'm a swabby. I'm just a deckhand. Yeah. You know.
1: That's at least, I mean, very well within. I'm a
2: seaman at that time. I'm a. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, an yeah. E, I'm an E3. And. Uh, that's really close. What's that? Queek to E3 in the army or. Corporal, no, uh, e, <coughs> e four is a corporal. Yeah, okay, just right under a corporal. Anyway, so we decide, we <laughs> we decide we're going to moon these Russians. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to get back here. It's just That's an amazing.
1: Time- before you go any further, that's an amazing sentence you just barely said. We're going to moon these Russians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we decided
2: we were going to move these references. So we decided to wait because we're back there chipping paint or you know doing thing. whatever. I, I forget what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and on the tail of an LST, you have this big rolling thing that with an anchor with a uh, uh, big heavy wire, not a chain, of wire. So it has that and, and, and the, it, it the anchor the, line. Yeah, and it let the anchor out when it, when the LST was going up into the beach. Yep, and it would keep it from broaching. Yep. And then the captain could use it also by pulling it in to help him come back off the beach. Well, we're working on that, and we're chipping paint on it or something. There's about, oh, three or four of us back there. And there was this one, uh, we called them colored people then. Okay. You know, you didn't, you didn't dare use the word black yeah. in 1960. It was colored or Negro still at that time. Okay. Well, he was a colored man, but, I mean, he was, he was very dark. Okay. Nice guy, hell of a nice guy. Yeah, we all loved him. Hard worker, and uh, he's—I <laughs> remember him saying, "We're getting ready. We're having them. We're waiting until they make their rush up, that they were doing their harassing us. You know,
1: that's why they call them Russians."
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you may, you would have made a good comedian. So we would all have. get back there, would and have. we and and we time it just right. Yeah, and we all drop our drawers and stick our moon up there. <laughs> you know. And then we all start laughing yeah. because we said, this is the first, fir- fir-. he gets up and he says, this is the first black ass they've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and we mooned him. Yeah. And we thought it was just all fun and games. We're on this good world tour. <laughs> and the next day I found out that we were running hot.
1: Yeah. You had live ammo on board.
2: Oh, everything was hot. And it was Marine recon. It
1: was a recon mission.
2: Marine, what's it called, Marine Recon, which is elite part of the Marine, very elite part of the Marine Corps. These guys are nothing to fool with. Yeah. So we pull into Bangkok, and we go up to Bangkok River, and we pull into Bangkok, and then uh, as soon as the sun goes down, about 2 o'clock in the morning, we're unloading everything. And then I find out that we just uh, deployed the first Marines into Vietnam. Really? The back door, yeah. Through Thailand? Through Thailand, Bangkok, Thailand.
1: You were on the ship. And that I don't know the first
2: ones, but I believe it was. For, in the first we were wave. The first, we were the first American military ship up the Bangkok River since World War II. Wow. I was on, I had the captain's gig at that time, and then I'd work other yeah. points too. But I was in charge of the captain's gig. And uh, spit and polish the brass and all that stuff. Sure. I knew, I knew where the cap captain's uh, little stash of whiskey was. That yeah. Snipped yeah. that one when he wanted to.
1: Anyway, did you ever did you ever sip off of his whiskey? Of course not. Uh, of course not. No, no, seriously.
2: Yeah. No, nope. Okay. Very loyal. All right. Very loyal in that respect. So so I had a, I had $4.50 and we were there for 2 weeks and we had uh, Cinderella Liberty but being as I had the captain's gig I got off at noon. So I'd get off at noon, I'd go over, you had to be back on ship by, by midnight. That's why they call it Cinderella Liberty. Okay. So I, I've got 12 hours liberty every single day.
1: So you would go off, off deck, and you're in Thailand right now, right? Yeah,
2: and you're in uniform, and back then, you could not be off ship. You couldn't, matter of fact, you couldn't have civilian clothes on a on military ship.
1: So if you're on deck, you're in uniform.
2: Well, you're in uniform always. Of, of some sort. I mean, it was...
1: Whether it, it's full class A's or... Whatever, okay. you know.
2: And so, and this was, I believe, in the summertime, and so we're, we're dressed in whites. Anyway, I'm on the beach, and I'm looking around, and I'm just amazed with Bangkok. Of course, everybody loves me. And, and uh, because we're Americans. Yeah. You're, you're exotic. And this is when I, this is when I realized that this Vietnam thing was really going on. Because they knew all about it. I was just a sailor. Yeah. The only thing I was interested in was where's my paycheck? And is it was going to give me enough beer? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Gotcha. That I, was your concern. That was my concern. And I was sending $50 a month home to mom to put it in a yeah. bank account for me. So when I got out. Anyway, uh, I ended up this guy. Takes me to this restaurant. Shows me this restaurant. Turns out that his family owns the restaurant.
1: So uh, so this is a shipmate of yours? No,
2: no. This is some guy I just met on the street. I'm walking around. Oh, okay. Now, when I would going the a street. A local. Yeah, I wasn't hidden for the bars or anything else. This is a guy that lived there in Thailand. He comes up and he says, well, are you hungry? And I says, well, yeah. He says, look, I'm, my restaurant will give you a free meal because you're, you're an American. You're here. You're going to save us. What am I going to save you from? You know, well, they were really worried about.
1: What was going Vietnam. on in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, yeah. they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was okay.
2: a real thing. I wasn't paying any attention to it, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that this, these recon marines were headed over there. Yeah. You know, and, now, and I found out later I was a Vietnam vet because of all this. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> you didn't do anything and <laughs> you are a Vietnam no, vet. That, yeah, I fell in love <laughs> with a girl named Dog. You fell in love with a girl named Dog? D-O-U-G.
1: <laughs> That's Doug. I guess, if in the American pronunciation.
2: No, she said dog.
1: She said dog. Yeah. So tell me about dog.
2: she's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I fell in love and wanted to marry her. Yeah. And I was going to marry her, but I didn't know how to fill the paperwork out.
1: And that was the the preventative measure for you marrying dog.
2: And truthfully, it was. Yeah. Yeah. She was a Vietnamese girl. Yeah. About my age. Okay. She uh, worked in her parents' restaurant. Parents was all for the marriage.
1: They were going for it.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Where? Where in Vietnam?
2: No, this was in Bangkok, Thailand.
1: Oh, okay. So you almost married a Thai woman. A Thai woman by the name of Dog.
2: Well, maybe she pronounced it different. Way <laughs> it sounded to me, you know? it sounded like Dog.
1: It sounded like you. Dog.
2: I mean, the actual name was, I don't know. You could have put the alphabet in it twice. You know. Okay. Anyway. And so uh, I remember when we come off of that, we ended up, so we leave and we end up in Shimazu, Japan, okay on our way back to Yakoka. yeah. And in Shimazu, Japan, I um, I get into it. And long story short, I attempted to we, when we were in, we anchored out and off off the starboard. Well it depend, see when you when you're anchored, your ship is going to turn according to the tide. Yeah, Okay, yeah. so tide's coming in, the ship's going to turn, and it turns on its anchor. Yep. Okay. So I remember looking over there, and here's this Russian merchant ship, and it had a low, it had a low, um, I don't know the it, it pooped up, but it had a low fantail, and its uh, ensign was, they had an ensign that was flying off the, off the fantail. Well, at noon, I go over to go on the beach, First day of liberty, and we're only in there for one, where I think maybe two, two days is all. Okay. So I got I I got the captain's gig, so I got to Cinderella Liberty, so I'm off at noon. So I hit the beach at noon. Well, I don't have no money. I'm still down to this four dollars and fifteen fifty cents from. Yeah. From Bangkok, Thailand, and I spent all that, and I hadn't gotten a paycheck yet.
1: Yeah. So you're broke.
2: No, no, actually, four dollars and fifty cents went goes pretty good. Yeah. So I start, but I start. Drinking screwdrivers. Okay. <laughs> screwdrivers. And you're on the beach. I'm on the beach, and I'm in, and I'm drinking screwdrivers, which is uh, vodka and orange juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I start drinking with uh, these Germans, and I run out of money. So I gave him my hat. Then I gave him my jersey. <laughs> Pretty soon, I'm out of uniform and drunk. <laughs> So, are, so, how
1: clothed are you at this point?
2: Oh, I got my T-shirt on. And oh, I okay. My, you know, I'm not that bad.
1: So you're not in your skivvies. I, no,
2: no, but that you're so not that,
1: mo- you're not mooning any Russians. No,
2: but I start arm wrestling.
1: <laughs> so for you're drinks. arm wrestling for drinks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Does that is that
1: where it started? For us as a family, because I know that any time that we get together as a family, you get any sort of culmination of Williams. I'm surprised we're not arm wrestling right now, to be honest.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's where it came from, Mm -hmm. is you on the the beach in Thailand arm wrestling for drinks. Yeah.
2: I'm arm wrestling for drinks. So their ship's getting ready to go out, and they invite me aboard. And they're headed for Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany. Germany, yeah. It's where they're ported out of. So I'm on board their ship. I don't have a jersey. I don't have my necktie, my black tie. That you yeah, tie in a yeah. square knot around your neck. Yep. I don't have my cover. Your cap. My cover, you call it cover.
1: Okay, you know? your cap, yeah.
2: And uh, the captain comes down, and he says.
1: The German captain.
2: The German captain of this merchant ship comes down, and he says, sailor, he says, unless you want to go visit Hamburg, you got, Hamburg you got to get off this ship. He's telling me this in broken English. Of course, he's, none of these sailors are really speaking English very well. Yeah. And then he looks at him and he tells him, give this man his uniform back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay. and so, I, so now I leave and I'm, and I'm starting to sober up a little bit. Yeah. And I get back on the beach. Well, then I start associating with these. This is a merchant port. There's no military Yeah. in this port. Yeah. So then I start associating with these Swedes. Well, then the Swedes go out. And now it's getting dark. Well, the Swedes go out. Go out and they get in a fight with the Greeks because was a Greek ship
1: there. It's a real multinational. Oh yeah, yeah. conflict here.
2: Yeah, so I side with. I, <laughs> this is I, the
1: side of the Vietnamese War that we don't see. So it's merchant ships. So you got, arm wrestling so for you, drinks.
2: So you got yes. Yeah,
1: CCR CCR didn't write a song about this.
2: So <laughs> who's CCR?
1: Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. If okay. I played their music, you would under you would you would hear
2: it. So anyway. So the Swedes and the Greeks start going at it. And so they get in a fight out on the street. Yeah. Okay, I decide to jump into this fight.
1: Just because you wanted to?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Were you just looking for a fight? Oh, I was a scrapper. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> That's I, so awesome. I wasn't back down in a good scrap. If, yeah. If it was, if it, especially if it was to give me a few drinks. If I yeah. win, you owe me. So I, th- I remember gripping off my, because I didn't want to get blood on my...
1: On your uniform.
2: On my uniform, stripping that off and, hat and going out there, and we're going to duke it out. Go for it. I didn't really get into it that much because it got over fairly quick because here come the Japanese police, who you don't want to mess with.
1: Okay, so you're in Japan at this point. I thought, yeah, okay. Yeah, Shimazu. Right. That's right. I, Shima- said, Ty- I said Thailand
2: earlier. Although, oh, we'd in- left Thailand, okay. and we so docked in, J- in Shimazu. Okay, so and you're we fighting. Anchored, and we anchored gotcha. next to this Russian merchant ship gotcha. in Shimazu. Now, this is where it really gets me in trouble. Okay. Because now I've stripped off and I'm out there going to fight with these Swedes. Yeah. From Sweden, from next to Norway, you know, up yep, there. Yep, 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 Scandinavia. You're, you're part of it. Mm-hmm. Scandinavian blood in you. Yep. But when I come back in, these Swedes, they just love me. They'll buy me a drink. He's going to, we got the Americans fighting with us here, you know, helping <laughs> us against these damn Greeks, you know. <laughs> hate these Greeks. You know, if I'd have been drinking with the Greeks and they fought the Swedes, I'd have... You had, the Greeks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> your
1: equal opportunity. Your fists were uh, equal opportunity. Anyway,
2: well, I never really got. never really got in a fight. I remember there was this one big burly Greek, and I'm, <laughs> you know, yeah, stay away from me. Yeah, see, he was. Yeah. he was cleaning up, but the police got there as quick as it.
1: The as Japanese as police it. showed up and broke oh, everything yeah. up. Oh
2: yeah, you don't mess with Japanese police. No. Okay, so then now, it's getting close to midnight, and. Uh, we're not on, I, I don't think, I think we're still on Cinderella Liberty at that time. I think the captain still had us on it. So we're looking at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I've been on the beach since 12 since noon. noon. or noon, earlier that day. Yeah, and.
1: Uh, you're drinking screwdrivers, you're arm wrestling for drinks, you're fighting yeah. with Germans. I, I don't have
2: any more money, and I'm. Yeah. You're half naked. No, I'm not fighting with Germans. I'm not half naked at this time. I got my <laughs> uniform back. It's not, you know, this is give the, your grandpa the, a break here. This is the story that's like, it's all happening at this one time. Not, this is not a 60-40. If it was a 60-40, <laughs> I'd have had you out. i had been out there mooning everybody. This is not a 60-40. This is 100%. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So I'm in uniform. Okay. So we see this rowboat tied up, and I notice that there's grappling hooks. On, on the am, rowboat? On this rowboat. Okay. some grappling hooks, which is not uncommon because uh, you don't have the big motorboats and stuff, and you'd row up something, you'd use a grappling hook to hold over and to pull you in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Because this grappling hook had prongs like this. Yeah, tri-hook. Yeah, so so that's not unusual. There was two of them in there. Yeah. So we decided we'd go strike the Russian Colors.
1: So you went to go grab the Russian flag off of their boat? Yeah. With those grappling hooks? <laughs> yeah,
2: I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell so, me. What, so I'm with two of these, Swedish sailors. Okay. So we row out there. We didn't have to really go too far. It was a deep port, and they were in pretty close. Yeah. So we row out there. Now, they're... They, <laughs> So we get underneath it. Now, I'm pretty south about this time, you know. Yeah. I'm south. And so the one sweet he's trying to throw the hook up there, and it's clang, 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 clang. And, and uh, I could throw a monkey fist. I was the best monkey fist thrower on on the ship. Now, okay. monkey fist is a monkey fist at the end of a line, and you throw it over... Monkey and
1: fist is like a, a certain type of knot that you would tie in your line.
2: With a, piece of, a couple of pieces of lead inside of it. Yeah, so it's on basically a line, like a... Yeah. Cotton line or something. You'd throw it over onto the deck. Yeah. People on the deck, I mean on, on the pier, they'd grab, grab it, it. pull and you and in. Then, no, they'd they pull in the hauser. Okay. And then they'd put the hauser on, and then you would work yourself in sure. the hauser. So I said, give me that gravel hook. I can, I can hook that thing up there.
1: And you're pretty soused right now at this time. Oh, yeah, I'm soused. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I sobered it up real quick. So. so I throw the gravel hook up there. I think it was, I don't know. I think I missed the first one. I, anyway, I hooked. I hooked it. You eventually got it. No, I think I got it on the second try. Sweet. So I start sheeting up the gravel hook. So you're hook
1: climbing up the line to get, the, to get onto the Russian ship.
2: To strike your colors, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And next thing I know, I look up, and I'm staring at the barrel of a pistol. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> so hold on. You, so, so you climb up the line.
2: You get onto deck. Oh, I don't get on the deck. Oh, you're I'm basically barely, on the line. I'm barely, I'm barely on the line. Oh, okay. And I look up, and, and like I still got a I wasn't sure whether I was even going to make it up there. Okay. But I thought I'll give it a try. Sure. You know, just to tell you how far this is gonna go. <laughs> you know.
1: And they they are they are on deck, seeing the grapple hook attached to their deck, and they see the line. They see this. Yeah. So drunk than, American. they can't
2: really undo the grapple hook because I'm hanging on it. Yeah. And so they're pointing this pistol at me. <laughs> and I went, whoa! <laughs> Next thing I look down. And here are these two Swedes, and they're just rowing away from the boat as fast as they can. <laughs> I'm dangling on this one. <laughs> Next thing I know, I hear the loudspeaker on the ship come on board, and I don't know whose voice it was. The Russian like, ship? No, my ship. Your ship. The American ship. Uh, is. We're, we're anchored fairly close to them. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, they're on their binoculars they're looking at. I can imagine <laughs> They're watching. They're watching Rod go up the line. Williams <laughs> going up that, get that federal, international incident going on. Here. Anyway, the, he, they didn't have to say too much. I'd let go, and I'm. You're in the drink. Oh yeah, I'm in the drink. But I'm. I'm a good swimmer. I'm not worried okay. about it. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember whether I kicked my shoes off or not. But yeah. Anyway, you're used
1: to swimming with clothes on.
2: I could. I can. I could swim, and and we it was summer, so you didn't have the heavy wool. We're oh, okay. in, we were in whites. Gotcha. So <clears throat> I'm treading water, and I hear the davits going. The davits are, and they're screaming at me from up there. I'm not even looking up there. I'm just waiting for the bullet to hit me. Yeah. You know, but there's no gunshots. There's no bullet coming. I can hear the Russians screaming at me, <laughs> and uh, the davits are going, and the, and the oh my LCVP is being dropped into the water. No, I think the LCVP was poor. The Davids were going, I could swear, anyway. The LCVP, I think, was tied up alongside the gangplank there because to pick up... Because it was a Liberty boat, it was also working as a Liberty boat. So the LZ uh,
1: LCVP is what exactly? Just so it's, it's a it's the uh, it's uh, like World a
2: War boat. II uh, hugging the boats. I think they called them the hugging boats. Uh, L, LC uh, Landing Craft Vehicle Personnel. Just a little one you see them oh. in World War II going Normandy, coming up. Oh, the gotcha, 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 gotcha. Marines run, rush off, or army, or whatever. Yep, yep. Anyway, I hear it going. I can't remember now whether it was a or the davits or the or the motor of the boat. I think it was the motor of the boat going. Uh Uh-huh. It's coming to get me. And they fish me out of the drink.
1: You almost um, caused an international incident by just trying to go and grab (laughs) the Russian flag off of their ship because you were drunk.
2: The captain, I see the captain. The captain says, (laughs) You, you from now on, are on uh, um, Restriction. With twenty-four hour duty.
1: Twenty-four hour duty of what exactly?
2: I'm working twelve hours a day, seven days a week. Oof. Full restriction.
1: So you're not allowed to leave the de- leave the deck. Not you're allowed to leave the ship. Not allowed to leave the ship.
2: We pull into port, and uh, he just he says, "You are not on the captain's gig anymore." He says, "As a matter of fact, you're in the paint locker." The paint locker. Yeah, cleaning paint brushes, Yeah. With diesel oil.
1: Getting the relative bearing oil.
2: <sighs> so, <laughs> so there, there I was. And uh, so, uh, so, the captain liked me. I, I ended up at a captain's mess, but I still ended up with a good conduct medal, which means this didn't go on my record. Well, that's good. So, and then he says, and we get back into port, and I'm still on, I'm on, I think, 90 days restriction.
1: And you, so you had to do the 12-hour days, seven days a week for 90 days.
2: I think it was 90 days. Holy shit. And uh, they'd ease up and they'd let me have Sunday off or something. Oh, yeah. It was... Uh,
1: Sounds it was, grueling.
2: It was, it was pretty tough. Don't think... I think it was 90 days restric- restriction and 30 days hard labor. They called it hard labor.
1: So that was your disciplinary action for, uh, for, for <laughs> trying to get up onto the Russian <laughs> ship.
2: <laughs> so... so. <laughs> well it was it was during this time that I was restricted to the base and we were tied up at the base I was restricted to the base and I had I could go off the ship I think it was one day a week, okay, and so I would go to the library and I'd see this library and it scared the hell out of me. the big steps up there and it's the library. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was coming coming time to where eventually I was going to be getting out of the Navy. Now this was in. August or September of 1962. Okay. Okay. And uh, I remember I walked in, I'm looking at all these books, and I walked up to this Japanese girl that worked, you know, spoke very good English, and she was the librarian there. And, of course, nobody was really there on s- too much on Sunday. There's pretty empty and I'd gone in there for a couple of Sundays. I think maybe I had Saturday and Sunday both off or something. I can't remember. Anyway, as about my third time that I'd gone in there, I walked up to her and I'm just looking at these books and saying, Okay, I gotta figure out how to read this stuff. I could mm-hmm. read this stuff with as long as we kept within the nursery rhymes that my mother had taught me. So I walked up to her and I says, Ma'am, I says, Can you direct me to a book that can teach me how to read? She says do you know how to read? I said, no, I don't know how to read. I need a book that'll teach me how to read. She says, well, how are you, you going to read a book to teach you how to read if you can't read? I said, I don't know how to figure it out.
1: <laughs> Damn it, woman, I need, just need a book.
2: <laughs> she says, She says. so she taught me how to read.
1: So this Japanese librarian taught yeah, you how to read?
2: she sat me down. Whoa. She's got these books out, and she says, you've got to break the word down. Yeah. And you have to learn where these syllables are. You gotta learn how to pronounce your vowels and you gotta put these syllables down. Yeah. He says, You come in here. And here's when I work. You come in here and when it's not busy, you sit down at this table and Yeah, we got all kinds of books here that'll show you
1: that. So you learned how to read in a Japanese li- a Japanese English library.
2: It was a base library. Base library. Yakuzka Base Library. Okay. And uh and, and the military would, would hire the locals and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. not uncommon. Sure. And so uh, she uh, broke those syllables down and showed me how to pronounce them and everything else. And, man, next thing I know, I'm, hey, this works.
1: You figured out how to read.
2: I figured, I, I got the basic. So how,
1: so how old were you when you learned how to read? 20. You're 20 years old.
2: I'm 20 years old at that time. And I was, that's when I was getting to where I could read something. Mm-hmm. Well, then in October, a few weeks after that, about the time I was getting off, I think that's what got me off restriction, my stepdad died. Yeah, yeah. And I was still in charge of the paint locker. (laughs) Yeah. Okay,
1: so that that brings it around to what we were talking about earlier. Okay. He dies.
2: And I get transferred to uh, Coronado Amphib Base Saltcraft Unit 1. Mm -hmm. And then I'm there when I'm at Saltcraft Unit 1. Of course, I go home and mom and Mm -hmm. he's in pretty bad shape and kind of feel bad that I wasn't more there for her. I didn't have that. I didn't really realize where mom was at. Mm-hmm. Here she is, you're 1962. And uh, here she is now, a single mother. Jack left her absolutely nothing. And she's got two kids, at, actually three kids at home. Yeah. Oh, well, she, she didn't need me getting into her hair and everything. Of course, I was taking care of myself. Yeah. But I really wasn't as I feel guilty. I really didn't understand where my mom truly was at that time.
1: Just because she had lost her husband and, oh, yeah. and all that I stuff, mean, and he didn't leave her anything. Mom so loved Jack. Was kinda... I
2: didn't. I didn't like Jack at all.
1: So your mom left Jack? No,
2: no, 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 okay. no. Mom loved Jack. Oh, I thought
1: you said left. Okay. No, That's mom. My, my mistake. My
2: mom loved Jack. Okay. Why I could never figure out why, mm. but she did. And uh, she had a compassion for him, even though he. He evidently didn't hit her that hard or whatever. Maybe he was just slapping her, but for me, little boy and everything, you know, you know, you don't touch. You definitely on. yeah, you don't, you don't. And, and even yeah. today, even today you don't mess with my children. Sure. Or the mother of my children. The mothers of my children. I'll drop hell on your front porch if you do. Mhm. And I proved that with the group when I did that case. But anyway,
1: do you mind if we talk about that in the future?
2: Sure. I All do. right.
1: Sweet. Um, Totally we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that point totally but open to that. We're, we're, we're still in the
2: that's your uncle well, we, we won't
1: yeah mind, uh, we'll get <laughs> you know, that's like totally it. fine no and, it, and it's definitely part of your story So, so anyway about.
2: in anyway uh, I, I end up in assault craft Unit one and it was good and then right about the time and then right in this time in October when I come over you have the Cuban crisis. And we're told that we could be getting deployed, and you got, so you got the Cuban crisis going on. Yeah. Plus, you have this Vietnam thing going on, and uh, Cuban crisis was was it was serious. We were we were there.
1: It was as close as we've ever came, essentially. atomic right?
2: War, yeah. And uh, so we didn't know whether we were going to be deployed, and you had the Bay of Pigs that went haywire, and we had a lot of uh, Cubans. On the amphib base at that time, I remember they all wore the same kind of glasses.
1: So the Cubans all wore the same kind of glasses oh, yeah, on the that, base. Oh yeah, that's
2: what I remember about it. Yeah. Well, they were on base. <laughs> they were Cuban. Uh, they were Cuban military. They were on base for special training and whatnot.
1: Oh, okay. And this is in where w- this is in Coronado.
2: Coronado amphib base. Okay. About that time, because of the Cuban crisis, because of the Bay of Pigs and everything, President Kennedy decided to create and was very successful creating the most lethal terrorist organization this world has ever had. United States Navy SEALs. Yeah. I say terrorists because they put terror into the communists. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you had what they call underwater demolition team prior to that. And then uh, you have President Kennedy that just really cranks it up. Yeah. And so now they have all this stuff. Now, I'm, I'm on the uh, boxing team at that time.
1: The Navy boxing team. I'm
2: on a, I'm on a boxing team there on Coronado Amphib Base, doing great. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got a letter from uh, from the trainer of Cleveland Williams, who was a light heavyweight, I think, out of Houston, Texas. No, he was out of Cleveland, Ohio. But anyway, he had a training place down there in Houston, Texas. And so I was, I got a letter telling me that I could uh, come down and be a sparring partner for on with Cleveland with the trainer for Cleveland Williams there in Houston, Texas, and they would start setting me up with professional fights. Oh, sick. That's awesome.
1: And you never why, why did
2: you say sick and then that's awesome?
1: Sick as in like, cool bro. This is this is the young people lingo, oh, grandpa. Okay, okay. That's sick, bruh.
2: Anyway. <laughs> so I get this letter.
1: I'm educating you.
2: I still have the letters. I think my mom had the letter or something. So I get this letter and it was me and one other guy who got these letters.
1: To go and train with a professional fighter.
2: Yeah, and then what they the way that works, you come down there and you train and you're you're lucky if you're going to be making minimum wage. Oh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. You're They're not making anything, but what they do is they set you up and they'll give you a fight. And then if you win the fight, you're going to get some prize money. Let's see how you do. And let's see how you do, and you build up and you build up and you build up, and then next, the next thing you know, you, you're really into the pros. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you might be the light heavyweight champion or whatever. Sure. And I looked at that. I didn't have to think about it very long because I, I didn't want to make a living knocking somebody out. Yeah, I mean, a barroom fight. When you get in a good barroom fight, they're kind of fun <laughs> because you're so drunk you really can't get hurt. <laughs> so before before
1: you go any f- before you go any further, something that I have burned into my memory. Um, I can't remember exactly which of your children's wedding this was at, but I remember. You talking about how uh, we were all here uh, talking about stuff, and we were all having beers and wine, and, and the drinks were flowing. And you said that your one of your wishes before you die, <laughs> oh
2: yeah, is to yeah. go
1: to either yeah, Scotland, that's right? <laughs> to go to Scotland or Ireland, uh, and we no, all England
2: down to the in England or which in, one is it? You, I wanted to go to Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool England, England uh, on the waterfront. Get the roughest, toughest bar you can find, and I'd take a couple of my daughters with me, and I'd give them a thousand dollars, and then I would go in, and I would stand up on the bar, and I'd tell them I'm a I'm a bloody Irishman, and get your get your English asses out of north Northern Ireland. Well, well a, Liverpool is nowhere
1: Liverpool is nowhere near Northern Ireland.
2: No, no. <laughs> But it's in England.
1: <laughs> so
2: you, one of your dying get the, wishes get the
1: English out of Ireland. <laughs> so you, you, one of your dying wishes is to go and start a riot.
2: start a good bar fight. <laughs> start a know? good bar fight. And then have my and then tip over chairs, split a few lips, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, then, sign- and then have my have my well, my daughter my daughter bail me out. Well, <laughs> it, well si- sign me up. I'm ready to go. It, it, well, it it backfired on me because because. <laughs> My daughter Laura says, "Dad, you better. You're gonna have to take Shani along." I said, "Why?" He says, "Because they're gonna have they're gonna have to bail both you and I out. I'm to <laughs> be up there slugging it out right right beside you." Yeah. I'm, okay. Okay. okay just, you know, That's that was awesome. my. It was one of my bucket lists.
1: Yeah. To, to well, maybe we can make that happen for you. <laughs> Well, I know some folks in England I, that might be able to I'm
2: 78 now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go at
1: lea- and at least spectate and watch your grandkids. So go, yeah, go.
2: yeah, I did. I did say that, and and uh, and I did kind of wish that I, I wasn't above a good bar fight in my younger yeah. days.
1: Okay, yeah. so you're you're on the boxing team. You get this letter from the folks in Houston to to possibly come out and fight for them and and all that stuff. Yeah, and that never went anywhere.
2: Oh no, no, no! And I, yeah. I really wasn't even tempted. Yeah, Truthfully speaking, no. Okay. And there was this pretty little blonde girl by the name of Dolly that I'd met when I was on leave, and I couldn't get her off my mind. And by by the way, it was when I saw Dolly that I realized that maybe I don't want to marry Dog. <laughs> because Dolly
1: got you off of Dog. Yeah, Dolly was
2: beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. And she was nice, and uh, it was my sister's best friend, yeah. Just, w- just judging your oh, wife. Oh well, I just got, a, judging problem. <laughs> got <laughs> a problem because she's going to be listening to this pod. Hi, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just the, watching your wife's reactions is really funny, right? now.
2: <laughs> this anyway. And so, and I fell in love with Dolly. Oh yeah. Okay. And And I'll tell you something. I truly wanted to marry her. I truly did, but I was yeah. I, I feared that I wasn't good enough for her. Anyway. Okay. So I get I get out of the navy and uh, and now I got to find a job. I can remember before I got off the Navy, I went across the uh, Coronado Ferry, the nickel to get on the ferry. Okay. Twice I hitchhiked from uh, Coronado to once to, to Klamath Falls and once to Medford, and uh, one time I had, I think, 25 cents, and the other time I only had a nickel, and I spent that on the ferry, and I hitchhiked all the way up California Yeah. in uniform. Wow. And once I got dropped off in the middle of uh, Watts, uh, okay. Los Angeles didn't have a penny on me and this, uh, I didn't know what to do. And I, so I walk over and uh, I asked this guy at the gas station, he was a black man, and I says, do you have a nickel I could borrow? I'm going to make a collect call home and get Western Union down here so I can get some money. I can't get out of this city. Yeah. And he looked at me and he says, Son, he says, son, he was an older black man. He says, listen, you go across the street there. He says, because about three miles up this road is an on-ramp to the freeway. And you go across the road where I can watch you, and you get your thumb out, and you get a ride. And if you don't have a ride by the time I get off work, I'll drive you up to a good spot to where you can get a thumb out. Get your thumb out on the freeway. Okay. He says, uh, but I've got a You know, work here. Yeah. So it isn't going to be until I get off duty. Yeah, he's got to go to work. Yeah. He's got to keep his gas station open. But he says, and you don't get out of my sight. He says, you're in Watts. Yeah. Well, so I do. Right. And this guy picks me up. He's got his car across his face. And we get in the car. And he's gay. And he propositions me. I go, crying out It's a gay uh, gays love me. Hey, crisper when I was in the Navy, the, I'd go down on the pier or something, going on liberty. These gays were chasing me all the time.
1: You, you, you know, don't, you, you don't have to prove to me how homoerotic you are, Grandpa.
2: <laughs> you know, they wanted to use me. You know, some of the old sailors wanted to use me. as, you know, queer, as queer for queer bait. That oh kind of my of God! Sailing. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, sea pussy's a real thing, and it's in the form of rope. So. <laughs>
2: Okay, so anyway, <laughs> I tell him, yeah, okay. okay, you know, I'll let you do the, your due die, get me up to the point, point. Then, when I got up to it, I grabbed him by the collar and put my fist in his face, told him I was just going to beat the, you know. Okay. Well, he let me out of the car, of course, and nothing happened. All right. And then I ended up hitchhiking through the rest of the way, and got the rest of the way up. When I all the way it, back to home? All the way up to, I think it was Klamath Falls, I think that was my first hitchhike trip. Okay. So I've had a few experiences like that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I've done the hitchhiking thing before, too. It's a very exhilarating experience.
2: Uh, hitchhiking was quite popular in the 60s, 50s yeah. and 60s. Very very beatnik. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, we didn't have beatniks back then. I mean, well, people was, people that were hitchhiking were mostly military, and you always picked up the military. I just got, huh. I just got stuck in the middle of Watts was all, yeah. accidentally, <laughs> or maybe the guy dropped me there on purpose. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, and, to, but to get out that owner of that, state the gas station said, Hey, yeah, this, this is the way you do guy it. <laughs> and I went along with him so I could get my ride up there. And then when we got there, you know, I, uh, threatened him. Of course he let me out. I didn't have to do much. Yeah. So, you know, and then, uh, I got out of the Navy and, uh, and then I, uh,
1: so what did you do between the Navy and the Secret Service?
2: I went to work. When I was in the Navy, when I got out of the Navy, I couldn't find a job. And so Because I couldn't fill out an application right and everything. And I I'd embarrassed myself a few times and did some tried to get a job by lying and cheating and it wasn't working. But there was this uh, tavern that I was hanging out in. Mm-hmm. And they were hiring loggers out of this tavern there in Medford. And in Medford, if you're a young man, you could go into the and you weren't educated, you can go into the into the woods and set chokers for a logging crew, or you can go down to White City and you could work in a mill stacking lumber, yeah, coming off the saws. And so I decided I wanted to uh, go into the woods. And so this guy says, "Well, we're gonna." I remember it's in. uh, I got out December 19th, and he says, "Well, he says I'll be hiring a crew in February." He says, be here on a Friday, I'll hire you, and uh, you'll be setting chokers, and uh, you go to work Monday morning.
1: For a logger crew?
2: For a logger crew, setting chokers. Okay. Out in the woods. And he, that's when he was going to get his crew going. And this was towards the end of February. And he had this contract coming in, or yeah, some trees, and so he had to get a crew going. And so I was going to be a choker setter. Mom says, nah. He says, listen, you need to go up to Seattle and go to work for Bethlehem Steel, and you're going to make 15 cents an hour more. Oh. So, Mom really came to my rescue on that. Yeah. And she uh, she got together with her brother, Uncle Walter, who happened to be the assistant general manager of Bethlehem Steel.
1: Oh, well, there you go.
2: And I got up there, and they had a little apartment for me all made out. Oh, there you go. I went and bought me a car, and... Got got another car and well no I had a car it fits a old Oldsmobile then mm-hmm. and I went to work for Bethlehem Steel Bethlehem Steel and uh, I um, met David's mother mm-hmm. <laughs> so are we ready to move into this
1: well here's where we're at we have we're over an hour and seventeen minutes so we can we can pause here and we can pick back up tomorrow. Or, or we can, it'd probably can, be good.
2: I'd just as soon, I'd just as soon pick this up tonight. If you want to pause or we can just jump right into it Let's now. jump into it. Let's go for okay. it. Okay, so you can do the cutoff now.
1: Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's grab some beers um, if you want another one.
2: No, I don't want another
1: one. I'm going to grab another one if you're okay, okay with that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we'll pick back
2: up. Okay.